Well, hello there. It is great to see you again, and welcome back to another installment of Planning Wisdom of the Super Rich. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. We've got Devang Patel, star of the show of Virtus Wealth Solutions. He'll be joining us momentarily for another wealth management-related discussion. And uh, I'm excited about today's conversation because we're diving right in headfirst into the idea of trusts. Now, if you are a frequent listener or viewer of our show, you know that we've covered trust in the past, but we're taking a very different and a very particular angle at trusts today. Hear me out. Do you have a trust? Well, you might need a trust protector. You see, most people understand that when you have a trust, there is usually, it is typically overseen by a trustee, but is there anyone who's keeping an eye on the trustee to make sure that he or she is not exploiting you or the trust in any way, shape, or form? That's really the essence of our conversation today. So that being said, let's go ahead and bring out Devang Patel to get today's conversation rolling. Devang, good to see you. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Ryan. Awesome. I love to, love to have you aboard. Hey, we've got a really cool topic that we're jumping into today. One that probably gets overlooked a decent amount, but I'm curious to get your take on that. Uh, but let's start with the obvious question, you know, the high level question for you, Devang. Walk us through what a trust protector is. What are we dealing with here? So, Ryan, think about the basic concept of a trust. There is a grantor mm-hmm. who creates the trust and contributes assets to the trust. Another person or entity, the trustee, has a legal ownership and control over those assets and is responsible for distributing assets to the beneficiary of the trust. A trust protector is somebody who monitors your trustee to ensure your trust is being handled responsibly. Mm-hmm. Okay, Devang. So now could you walk us through maybe the reasoning behind why someone would even consider enlisting someone to be a trust, uh, you know, a trust protector to monitor that trustee that you're going, you know, to monitor the trustee who is obviously overseeing the trust that you've set up. Ryan, a trustee is a fiduciary, which means they are required to adhere to some very high standards when it comes to managing a trust. Among them, the trustee is morally and legally obligated to adhere to the dictates of the trust the grantor created. While most trustees generally meet their fiduciary duties, there is always the possibility that they will not. And in reality, trustees do sometimes fail to uphold their moral and legal end of the deal. There have been situations where trustees have embezzled funds from the trust. There are civil and uh, criminal penalties for doing that, of course, but they may not be able to help the beneficiaries once the money has been spent. So it is often wise not to unconditionally just trust your trustee. Sure. And Devang, for a reminder for our audience, I mean, these are the types of conversations that you're having with your clients at Virtus Wealth Solutions on a regular basis. And in having some of these conversations with clients, Devang, do you find that grantors or their families realize that this is even something they need to be on guard for this? Absolutely. The good news is that it's very rare to see a trustee loot uh, trust for, say, millions of dollars and run off to an exotic location like the Bahamas or someplace else. But a more common problem than embezzlement and one that is generally not thought through by affluent families that we find who have a trust is exploitation, which can work like this. Number one, trustees that are responsible for investments in the trust need to hire money managers. Number two, instead of selecting investment professionals based on their capabilities and track records, what we find is some connivingly trustees may hire based on the amount of additional trust business that this investment advisors might send their way. 
the more business the trustee receives, the more assets the investment advisor gets to manage. Now, technically, there is absolutely nothing wrong with using investment advisors who refer business. If that is the investment advisors themselves act as fiduciaries and make decisions which are in the best interest of the beneficiaries of the trust. If that's not the case, though, the trustee is not living up to their fiduciary responsibilities. Okay. All right. So that's a good one to keep in mind there. Devang, anything else somebody should be on the lookout for when it comes to their trustees overall? Uh, another example that we have seen is that the trustee can also legitimately generate fees that the trust then reimburses back to them. A trustee, for example, could create or encourage conflict between multiple beneficiaries of a trust, which results in litigation that, trust, that will drain the trust while enriching lawyers. This is nefarious, but not necessarily illegal course of action. And keep in mind, Ryan, that the risk posed by trustees aren't limited to criminal or immoral acts. For example, trustees can get wrapped up in their own problems that cause them to fail or be good fiduciaries. One thing that recently came up during pandemic is a trustee developed a drinking problem, actually a serious drinking problem, and ended up making bad decisions about the trust. So although the trustee was not being malicious in that case, he or she isn't fulfilling the responsibilities and duties of the job. Sure. All right. So Devang, given these different levels of exposure and reasoning behind why somebody should be keeping an eye on their trustee, let's get into how the trust protector does their job. Walk us through how a trust protector really does monitor a trustee to ensure that they are you know, consistently acting as a true fiduciary. A reputable trust protector, Ryan, will periodically look over the shoulders of the trustee reviewing mm -hmm. recent developments and actions taken, as well as the performance of the investment advisors managing the assets. The trust protector can also go one step further by having the trust and assets in it stress tested, just like an individual family would, an evaluation process in which the goals of the beneficiaries are matched up with the current scenarios to determine whether everything is on track. One thing we found was the parents had done a trust uh, for one of our clients and left money around like 45 years back. Now, my client is in the 80s, but the trust only gives them limited amount of money, even though they can use a lot more because they don't really don't have as many fruitful years remaining. But the trustee had never taken that into mind. So the trust protector would be able to look in those scenarios. Sometimes the trust protector is also made responsible for arranging for the stress test. At mm -hmm. other times, different professionals are used and the results are provided to the trust protectors. The trust protector then uses the results of the stress test to decide whether the trustee is fulfilling his or her responsibilities or not. Sure, sure. So so let's talk about that then, Devang. Let's say in, in a hypothetical scenario here that the trust protector finds that the trustee is not acting in the best interests of the grantor or the family or even the trust itself. What happens here? What can the trust protector do? Ryan, the trust protector has the power to fire trustees if there is misconduct. With the mm -hmm. trustee dismissed, the successor trustee is designated, uh, whoever is designating the trust document will take over the reins. If no successor trustee has been named, the trust protector can be given the authority to appoint a new trustee. 
Good to know. Okay, so then if I'm thinking about hiring a trust protector, uh, I mean, obviously our conversation here today has shed a lot of light on this issue and just the reasoning behind why somebody should even look into a trust protector in the first place. Devang, let's say that I'm I'm thinking about hiring one. Where should I? Where do I begin to look to start this process? Uh, technically, Ryan, a trust protector can be anyone. The key is to okay. choose someone whose judgment you trust and who has a good understanding of your goals and preferences when it comes to the assets that you have in your trust. For those reasons, many people name their lawyer, their accountant, or a family member, or in that case, a close friend to be the trust protector. Okay, that makes sense to me, Devang. And all right, so we've we've gone through a lot here so far. We've talked about the idea of, of really the, the role of a trustee, what they do. And then the various ways that, you know, a trustee could act, you know, nefariously or maliciously and what really the reasoning behind why a trust protector is important to consider in the first place. Of course, you just listed, you know, who might be, you know, where to look, who might be considered for this role. Devang, I think it would be beneficial uh, as we kind of bring our conversation to a head here. If you could kind of just bottom line it for us and and give our audience really uh, just think something to expect as well as to not expect from their trust protector overall. What, what do you have for us on this front? Thanks, Ryan. Uh, while the trustee is responsible for following the terms of the trust document, the trust protector's role, Ryan, is quite limited. He or she is responsible only for monitoring and, if necessary, firing the trustee. Very importantly, the trust protector should never have the option of becoming the trustee. The only additional powers, Ryan, that we find the trust protector might have include arranging for a stress testing of the trust, including evaluating the management of the assets, or choosing the successor trustee. But if possible, the successor trustee should be someone you selected and specified in trust documents. And lastly, in practice, it tends to be useful if the trustee and the trust protector do not have a close or personal or professional relationship. Anything that can get in way of the trust protector being completely objective, Brian, should be avoided. Got it. Devang, this is a really interesting conversation overall, because I feel like the idea of a trust protector, as you kind of mentioned, it's not necessarily something that is at the forefront of concern when when you're hiring a trustee and going through the process of establishing right. a trust. You know, this is this is kind of a, a second layer to the equation that you need to be considering. Uh, so I, I appreciate you kind of carving out some time to be with us and to walk us through just what this position is and why it's important, how to go about getting one. A lot of good information here in this episode. Devang, let's say somebody in our audience, uh, maybe they're even going through the process of creating a trust at the moment, or maybe even they're thinking about doing one here in the coming future. Uh, and maybe, and this conversation is really starting to resonate with them. And they're thinking about having a trust protector or enlisting something. Maybe they even just want to, you know, talk to you and your team at Virtus Wealth Solutions about uh, just to gauge you guys on how this might fit into their own personal circumstances. How would you say is the best way somebody should go ahead and get in touch with you and your team to have this conversation? Uh, they can email us, Ryan, at dpatel at vertuswealthsolutions.com uh, to set up a time to do a stress testing where we look at their uh, entire scenario and then can answer the specific questions they have about uh, their trust and trust protector. Now, we are not attorneys, uh, but we can give them general guidance and then uh, we can recommend a couple of attorneys or we can work with their attorney that they have. 
Gotcha. All right. Well, thanks for, for providing that information to Vang. And hey, look, and again, thank you for carving some time out of your day for just to, to be with us and to shed some light on this topic that probably goes often overlooked. Uh, so I, I think it's some beneficial conversation that we had today and uh, looking forward to having you back on the next one, Devang. Thank you, Ryan. All righty. Awesome. And hey, look, we want to take one final moment, as always, to thank you guys, our audience, right, for jumping aboard and being with us on the show today. Uh, if you liked what you saw, you liked what you heard, you benefited from any bit of the conversation today, we'd recommend that you go ahead and subscribe to the show, on whichever platform you're checking us out on. That way, you know, you'll never miss future episodes and future conversations. We also would ask you to share this information with friends, family, business owners, anybody that you think who would benefit from these types of conversations. You know, the show is planning wisdom of the super rich. You know, we're tapping into the same conversations, the same strategies and solutions that Devang is talking about with his clients on a regular basis. We've got some great conversation topics teed up for you in future episodes to come. We hate to have you miss out on any of that potentially beneficial information. So that being said, we're going to go ahead and say so long today for Devang Patel. I'm Ryan Ruff. We appreciate you one final time for joining us on today's edition of planning wisdom of the super rich.